Welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage. This podcast is dedicated to helping attorneys earn more money, get better clients, and spend more time with family. I'm your host, Alej Yajnik, founder of Law Firm Success Group. Smart business guidance for small law firms begins in three, two, one. And it's my pleasure to welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage my friend and colleague, Saja Rauf, principal of Rauf Law and of counsel to Philip Levin and Associates. Saja, welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage. Thank you so much for having me, LA. I really appreciate you being on the program. And as an immigration attorney, I know there's a lot of different things we can talk about, particularly um, in the situation that we find ourselves in. But you're also an introvert and you're very open about being an introvert, just like myself. And so I would like to, first of all, because introvert means different things to different people, um, just take us through what does it feel like for you to be an introvert? Uh, Well, now I'm open about it. It used to be sort of a secret. And when I mention it to others and they tell me that they're also introverts, it's like this little secret club that we identify with uh, only to each other. Um, It used to be um, uh, something, it it became something that I recently became more comfortable talking about with the encouragement of two extroverts, uh, my good friends, Carol Marzouk and Mark Hankin. And the way that happened is that when networking went online, when the pandemic started last year, uh, Mark referred to the new leveling of the field as uh, revenge of the introverts because uh, it played to our strengths in networking. So uh, he had me, uh, with Carol's encouragement, uh, join him recently on a, a conversation, a presentation on how extroverts and introverts network differently. And that was last Wednesday. And since then, this is my fourth time speaking on how uh, introverts can network. It just awesome. sort of snowballed from there and it became a, a claim to fame. I'm I'm really doing wonderful. I am soaring. Good. And it's Good. not because I did an administration. I'm glad you're doing really well. That's cool. So I, I'm, I'm curious. Um, you mentioned, uh, I think a few times now as we've talked about how you were kind of a closet introvert and now you're, you're, you're talking about it freely. Um, I, I've dealt with this for so long that it's just not a thing for me anymore. Um, it's just, you know, yeah. part of who I am and I have no problems talking about it, but I also don't, don't feel a need to, to talk about it. I just don't think it's, it's worth talking about that much. And I'm just curious to hear what has been your response? What reactions have you gotten in in your approach and talking about the fact that you're an introvert and that's a thing and it's a special thing and here's how you deal with it? How have people responded to that? I just think back to pre-2018 when networking was the single most stressful word in my vocabulary as a law firm owner and how... I would not go to networking events unless my best friend from law school uh, would come with me. And it was just this anxiety-ridden process that I and it, I needed to make networking work for me because that's how I get my best referrals. 
no amount of spending on SEO will um, compensate for, will substitute for a good referral. Right. So that's my target audience is the introverts who um, are in the shoes that I was in before. And uh, talking about it never would have occurred to me if Carol and Mark hadn't decided to bring me into the conversation, to the presentation last week. You can thank extroverts for <laughs> initiating that process. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I look forward to seeing your presentation. That should be really cool. Um, one of the things that is so interesting for me is so many people who are introverted, myself included, are really comfortable speaking. Mm. It just seems weird. It's like, yeah, I, I freak out at a networking meeting, but get me up in a room in front of 500 people, I'm totally fine. <laughs> It goes back to the example of uh, the author of the book who who says uh, she was the DJ in college. Because unlike a bartender, you don't have to engage in small talk. You don't have to engage in conversation. You are true, all eyes are on you, but you are dictating what comes out of your mouth and who you engage with. So it, I used to do the, um, in school in Saudi Arabia, I used to be the I don't know the word in it for English, but there was this morning uh, presentation from two or three students in front of the whole school. And that was usually my job, even though I was an introvert. So public speaking is definitely makes sense for introverts in my opinion. So interesting. I think that's just, it's absolutely true. And I, I just, I find it really interesting that there's that, that contrast. Actually, one of my law firm clients, really interesting. They have uh, a number of associates and they asked me, the associates actually, asked me to do a training for them on how to make small talk at networking meetings. They don't know how. And so it's going to be, I don't know, I haven't put the talk together yet, but it's going to be really interesting um, actually teaching people how to make small talk mm. in a way that's, you know, obviously not cliched. Um, yeah. And I suspect one of the reasons for that is there's a lot of introverts in that associate group and they're looking yeah. at this going, I'm going to walk into a networking meeting. What on earth am I supposed to say? And it's, mm -hmm. it's funny because you mentioned um, that with, you know, with practice, it gets better and it does, but at least mm -hmm. for me, it, it never goes away. I'm still not comfortable walking into an unknown room. I don't enjoy it. I can mm -hmm. get through it better than I could, you know, five years ago, mm -hmm. but it's still, it's still not easy. And I still struggle with a lot of that stuff. I'm still uh, learning that I was, we had an SF14 EC meeting yesterday and Robert Gillette was the first to show up and he said, so how are you doing? I said, I'm fine. He said, how are you really, really doing? <laughs> so that kind of probing, I think is a useful uh, approach for bypassing the small talk and getting to the genuine things that people actually enjoy talking about and creating a more meaningful connection. Yeah. See, it's interesting because I'm most comfortable when, get this, when I'm in the breakout room, I'm usually the one taking over it and leading the conversation. You know why? Hmm. I can make sure everyone has plenty of things to say and I don't have to talk about myself. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's why yeah. introverts make the best GLs. Exactly. Exactly. Jump in and like, make sure everyone has their piece and I've got 10 seconds. Here's what I do. Let's go back to the main room. <laughs> it's It's pretty funny. There's... There's a lot of confusion too about who's an introvert and who is not. And I've had people tell me, man, I'm an introvert because after a full day of meetings, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm looking at them going, 
that's not an introvert. <laughs> so take us through what it feels like for you. How, do you. how did you come to the realization that you are actually an introvert? There's a book that I will refer to several times uh, and recommend highly called Networking for People Who Hate Networking by Deborah Zak. Uh, she defines introverts as people who have the propensity to vanish alone and a proclivity to make decisions while staring at a window or taking a brisk, uninterrupted walk, their depth of concentration could cause them to miss an earthquake from its very epicenter. And that applies to me, and that applies to people I know who identify as introverts. I used to define it as um, people who are highly selective on whose company we keep and are very particular on the time, place, and manner of those interactions. Um, but I um, realized I've always known that networking doesn't come to me naturally. It needs a little bit of preparation and planning and strategizing and conversations and debriefing with fellow introverts afterwards. And um, it, it just takes a little bit of figuring out, but it's doable. So there's people in networking groups that when they, you know, when they walk into a room, they they light up the room. They command the room. They really enjoy it. They thrive on it. You can tell that the more they're in that kind of environment, the more energy they gain from being in that environment. It's pretty cool to watch. That is an extrovert. Uh, so someone who's an introvert, like you mentioned, Saja, you know, I don't know about, about your situation, but when I have to go to a networking event, I have to get myself psyched up. You mentioned you have to prepare. How do you feel after the networking event is over? If it's a group I'm new to, then I do need to schedule time afterwards to relax. Yeah. And so after, for example, uh, last week's presentation and extroverts and introverts, I had time uh, scheduled for doing some kind of mindless activity just to uh, be able to transition to my other meetings. If it's a group that I'm uh, long friends with and feel comfortable around. Um, I don't need to do that afterwards. That's cool. And I would encourage everyone, if you're trying to figure out if you're an introvert or not, um, if you're asking the question, you probably are an introvert, <laughs> just to be clear about that. Um, but it's, it's oftentimes how you feel after a networking meeting or any kind of group get together where you have to be social and you don't know the people. Yes. You know, the extrovert people jump in, thrive on it, love it, enjoy it and make a really good impression. The introverts are the people that really don't want to be there. <laughs> and, and don't want anyone to talk to them. And they think getting uh, phone calls so that they have an opportunity to step away from conversations. I have literally looked at my phone. It, it, it's been like nothing is on the phone. I would literally stare at a blank screen just so I would not have to talk to people. <laughs> Or have you ever done this? Have you ever put the phone up to your ear like you're on a call and like mm -hmm. left the room? All the time. All the time. <laughs> like, oh, I have an incoming call and I just walk out. <laughs> exactly. So how has introversion created challenges for you as you've built your book of business and built your firm? It has taken uh, more time than it would for an extrovert to figure out how to effectively network. So in addition to reading uh, the book I mentioned, and planning pre-meeting rituals and post-meeting rituals and meeting with introverted friends to discuss and 
uh, which is a nice way of saying complain and, <laughs> um, and sort of vent. Uh, so, you know, but once you figure out how to um, overcome the stress of that and you become more comfortable with it, um, essentially what it is, you're not changing who you are, but you're navigating uh, the situation uh, by applying new skills. So, so yeah, how uh, is it that you've overcome this introversion? <clears throat> so I, uh, in addition to the encouragement from um, Carol and Mark, uh, the aspects of introversion that you can, that I've decided to use towards my advantage and towards building my practice are the fact that, uh, you know, introverts are good listeners and we prefer the focus to be on the other person. So we will do less talking and more listening and that works well both for our abilities as attorneys and for our clients to um we were able to empathize with them uh naturally um we also um this is a term that uh thanks to mark hankins encouragement of me over the past year uh i call his kind of networking and both extroverts and introverts uh, do this, marketing spelled with a C the way he spells his name. And that's the act of giving others so generously that they can't help but think of ways to support you in return. And for, int for introverts to have that kind of uh, giving spirit is very uplifting for us because once again, you're taking the attention off yourself and you are figuring out how to engage the other person. And that, is the most uh, effective and sincere form of networking. So you recently became a group leader improvisers and congratulations for that. You're now a networking leader and you go to a lot of networking meetings. And I'm curious to hear about how you deal with this, knowing that you're going to be in a room, whether it's virtually or in person with a bunch of different people and you're doing this regularly. How do you get the energy to show up at your very best? The question that is on my mind all the time isn't how am I appearing and how am I coming off and uh, the, the thousand questions that you can ask about yourself. Is my accent coming through? Am I talking too fast? Um, there's preparation, of course, on what you want to say and that's separate, but the questions that you're asking about yourself, um, your focus needs to be on others. So in my provisors group, 99% of the time I'm thinking about how do I help my new members uh, grow their business and network effectively. And uh, by focusing on that, that relieves the uh, pressure of uh, that introverts usually uh, are prevented from networking by. Yeah, that's terrific advice. It's about thinking about about something else that can command your attention. So in your case, it's about how can I help the other people in my group or the other people in the room, which is terrific. Exactly. We did a podcast on introvert uh, uh, on introverts earlier. Uh, this was several episodes earlier with Kirsten Howe. And she talked about her, what she does is she goes to a networking event with somebody else and she introduces that person. So once again, this idea of making the other person look good and how does that, you know, because people are listening to this, well, they might be asking themselves, well, if I'm making all these other people look good, how is that going to help me? It's helping everybody else. 
improvisers, uh, we have uh, what's called the currency of improvisers, which is testimonials. So you give a testimonial for an individual who has supported you or referred you business. And the advice always improvisers is to make it 90% uh, about the person you're giving the testimonial for and only 10% about yourself. When we started on Zoom, when the pandemic started, I got into making Zoomonials, which is Mark's word for a testimonial that is given over Zoom. And this is a wonderful thing, tool for introverts for many reasons. First of all, once again, it takes the attention off yourself and you pour your uh, effort and video editing skills into uh, singing the praises of the person who sent you business in audio-visual format, so, sort of like a mini documentary. And then second, uh, you don't have to do any of the talking. You just hit play. So uh, <laughs> the book... <laughs> Some people would call book, that cheating. Again, uh, <laughs> uh, Zach's book uh, says that in college, she used to be uh, a DJ. So she has a clear and specific role. It may sound counterintuitive for an introvert to be a DJ, but she has a clear and specific role she doesn't need to engage in small talk. She can wear her headphones and she can be comfortably alone and get the spotlight at the same time. Um, so that's how uh, Zoomonial also works for me. And um, that has done wonders for my uh, networking over the past few months. Well, it certainly draws a lot of positive attention to you and to the person you're featuring. It, and it's it's interesting you would say that because I know you clearly set the standard when it comes to doing these these mini videos, these mini films that you put together. I always wondered when I hear you know Zoom networking is the is the revenge of the introverts. What on earth they mean by that? Because it's actually takes a lot more energy to project energy into a computer monitor, which is just kind of dead and lifeless than it is to work a room because in a room there's other energy that we can feed off of. But when we're just staring at a dead screen, it's that much harder. But your point about preparation really rings true. If I'm in a networking meeting, I have to stand up and, and talk off the cuff and I can't, you know, I don't have notes and it's just this thing here. I can literally read off of a sheet of paper that I have kind of up near my keyboard and no one will ever know. <laughs> so all that preparation is now a lot more invisible and uh, and we can use aids and tools to get us through the meeting, like like the, the short videos, like the PowerPoint slide decks. All I can say is if uh, COVID was invented in a lab, <clears throat> then the biologist was definitely an introvert. Well, as, as I like to say, you know, there's nothing good uh, about the pandemic and about COVID but there are a lot of good things that have come from it. So we've known each other for a long time. And in the years that we've known each other, I have just been so inspired by how you have transformed yourself personally and how you've transformed yourself professionally. So take us through that journey, if you could. It was smooth sailing for my practice since I set it up in 2012 until the previous administration uh, was inaugurated in January of 2017. And I had initially thought that the uh, immigration focus would be on the groups that were discussed in the 2016 campaign, uh, specifically Muslims and Mexicans. It was a bit of a surprise that an executive order by American Hire American that was issued in April 2017 also uh, called for focus on business immigration. 
And I realized early uh, after that executive order that the focus wasn't so much um, it, it wasn't so much on uh, enforcement of business immigration law uh, as it was on excluding foreign nationals. Uh, sort of uh, nativism or nationalism uh, over uh, trumped the uh, interests of the companies that were petitioning for foreign nationals. And I, I do business immigration, so that was my focus. <clears throat> uh, under that very high pressure atmosphere that immigration attorneys were facing, um, we all felt very uh, overwhelmed and we were struggling. And at some point, um, I decided to stop, stop trying to figure it out for myself and to reach out to you. And uh, you had been a very generous giver since uh, the first day I met you at a holiday party at the Bar Association in 2017. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> and uh, so you, you were the first to come to mind when I decided I need help figuring this out. And uh, from there, I had thought that it would take a year or six months at least for me to start seeing changes. Uh, but I started seeing changes a couple of months in. And uh, you really taught me the art of working smarter, not harder. And in addition to your um, wonderful guidance, uh, you put me in a room with other attorneys who are also figuring out how to manage their practices and doors opened for me. So uh, law firms invited me to join, uh, to partner with them. I started getting fantastic referrals. I uh, started getting invited to uh, for speaking engagements, media appearances. I revamped my practice. I got so much more out of what I was expecting. I was hoping just to restore my status to pre-2017 uh, levels, but uh, I, it, it, the practice of immigration became, um, it became exciting. It became, uh, it sort of, I, I, my commitment to it was um, refreshed and I um, would have creative ideas. I even had uh, attorneys who had mentored me in the beginning of my career call me to ask how I figured out how to get certain work visas approved. So uh, That's I'll, never, I'll never be able to quite thank you, Alay, for your wonderful impact um, in my practice, on my life. Uh, it, we worked together for a year, and I still feel the effects of having worked with you. Well, I appreciate that, Saja. Um, thank you so much. However, that being said, uh, there's another side to that coin, which is you know, maybe I provided some guidance along the way. But I remember our conversations and I remember your participation in the group meetings. You took deliberate steps. You took action. You implemented the advice and you spent a lot of time and effort getting uh, yourself known in the area, building those relationships with attorneys, showing up at other you know, law firms in a positive way and attracting the kind of attention that that you now get, you've earned all of it. And that's all due to your hard work and your willingness to learn and grow as a person. And as I said, it's incredibly inspiring. Thank you. And it's because you've, you've been open to it and you've been receptive to it and you, you thank people for it. 
you know, and there's a lot of people that are, are helped along the way and they don't bother to thank the people that helped them out, but you do. And that attracts other people to you. And I just, you know, want you to know, as we're talking here on this, on this podcast, I want you to know that you deserve everything that you have now because you have worked to earn it. And yes, other people have helped. And that always happens when you are open, when you work hard and when you're deserving, other people will come into your life to help you out. None of us can do this on our own. And so you have done an amazing job. And I look forward to seeing, uh, you know, the continued growth of your firm and where you take things from here. As a business coach, I've got to touch on this. Please share with us how your transformation as a person has impacted your business. I have learned that the preconceived notions that I had of what could be limitations are actually things that I could put to good use. As my good friend and GLA of SF14, Summer School 14 says, uh, Brittany Bodoff, she says, um, work your quirk. So uh, I thought introversion was going to be a perpetual limitation to my networking, but I was able to figure out uh, it's how it could s- serve as a strength. And I have you know um, put it to good use. And on the personal front also, um, I was diagnosed with adult onset type 1 diabetes in uh, mid-2018, uh, just a couple of months before you and I started working together. And I had uh, decided not to tell anyone outside of family and close friends uh, because I didn't want to be reduced to the diabetic attorney. I didn't want to be just thought of as, I didn't want to be pigeonholed as a, a diabetic attorney. And um, this did become sort of a limitation at Troikas, for example, business lunches. I would uh, leave the table as soon as the food was served and I had a visual for the portion of carbs and I'd go to the restroom and give myself insulin, which is um, awkward point to leave the conversation. Um, But then eventually, as I got involved more in the diabetes community and with the encouragement of other adult onset type ones who had, you know, unlike most type ones didn't live with it from childhood, uh, decided to um, embrace it and talk about it and figure out how, what do you do when you're in the middle of a meeting and the medical devices that replace your pancreas go off and how do you handle that? And um, it has, uh, you, you know, deciding to um, embrace it and talk about it has uh, inspired others and provisors to approach me and tell me they have adult onset type ones in their family and they'd like to talk to me about how I'm managing the stress. So once again, it's the concept of taking the attention off myself and figuring out how I can support uh, organizations that support diabetics, how I can support type ones. And that is um, liberating and transformational. It's so interesting because all these things you're talking about, you know, your, your stance with, with diabetes and how you dealt with type one diabetes and how you've dealt and overcome, or I shouldn't say overcome, that's probably the wrong word, but how you are utilizing your introverted nature to build your business all of these things are actually really making you stand out way more so than so, so many extroverts that I know. You have a strong presence on LinkedIn. 
you're everywhere. You're all over Provisors. Um, people are singing your praises uh, up and down the state of California. It is really inspiring, as I mentioned, to see. For other attorneys who are introverted, who might be thinking, you know, I don't, I really don't like networking. I get really anxious before I go into a networking room. And when I'm in the room, all I can think of is I just want to get out of here. Uh, I, I can't imagine what it takes to build a book of business. What advice would you give to them about how to build a successful firm? First of all, be yourself. You don't have to change anything about your nature. You just have to figure out your roadmap. And you could learn the theories of networking from Zach's book and many other books that uh, are uh, specifically aimed at introverts for networking. But it's like, ultimately, it's like you can't, you can't learn swimming from a book. You have to apply those concepts. And it will feel uncomfortable at the beginning. But I promise it will get better with practice. And you want to go in with a question Every time you network with someone, uh, the, the guiding question in your mind should be, how can I serve you? So before the pandemic, I would bring um, a notepad to business lunches. And I would ask the other person uh, to understand their uh, business in depth and figure out how to support them and what is their ideal client and where do they get their business from and what would be a useful introduction for them. And just do that um, exercise of trying to brainstorm and think of your uh, contacts and how you can uh, serve them in ways that they may expressly ask for or things that you come up with for them. Um, so uh, that is how I would navigate um, networking as an introvert. And how would you um, how would you weave or how do you weave speaking into that? Because you do a lot of speaking as well. I practice a lot, and at the recommendation of Mark Henkin, I've worked with Deborah James, who is a speaking coach uh, who trained him on uh, speaking, and uh, she is a magnificent public speaker coach. Um, and once again, it was one of those things where I thought I can figure it out for myself. I've done public speaking in the past, but she took it to a whole new level. So um, uh, that's a wonderful resource. I would highly, highly recommend. And so Saja, as you look towards the future, you know, 2021 is, is still mostly ahead of us and beyond. What really excites you about Rauf Law and your role at Philip Levin and Associates in the future? We have weathered a seemingly insurmountable era in the history of immigration over the last four years. As uh, stressful as it's been for us in the immigration community, it's uh, strengthened our resolve and really refreshed our commitment to preserving the U.S. as a nation of immigrants. And I love the connections that we've created in the immigration community I may have never met Philip, at least not as uh, early as I did, uh, if it weren't for the fact that we needed to reach out to each other in the immigration community and support each other. And um, that kind of camaraderie that we created um, for ourselves and for our clients, and ultimately for the U.S. The U.S. is ultimately our client, because when we work on 
uh, maintaining its character as a nation of immigrants and bringing the best and brightest to the U.S. to build the American dream and um, make the U.S. a more uh, diverse um, and innovative society, we are ultimately serving the United States. And Sajah, if people wanted to reach out to you and connect, whether it's uh, to bring you in as a speaker or because they're looking for an immigration attorney as a partner, what is the best way for them to connect with you? My website is my initials, S-A-R dot law. And I'm also on LinkedIn, Sajah Raouf, S-A-J-A-R-A-O-O-F, like Frank. Everyone, that is Sajah Raouf. Uh, Saja is the principal of Rauf Law and of counsel to Philip Levin and Associates and an introvert who is a business development extraordinaire. Saja, thank you so much. And that's a wrap for this episode of the Lawyer Business Advantage podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in to listen. And I want to hear from you. So connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know what you think of this episode. And if you are a solo or an owner of a small law firm, and you're looking to earn more money, attract better clients, or reduce your stress, we would love to talk with you to see how we can help. Request your free law firm assessment by visiting lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. Again, that URL is lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. We look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you for listening. My name is Ale Yajnik. Until next time, remember, you can seize freedom. You can embrace happiness. You can build your perfect practice.